The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 315 of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, sorry for our delayed absence. Uh, we had no show last week. It took longer than I expected to get Tom back here. Uh, sorry about that. Hey, but let me tell you, the North Pole, man, those reindeer, they're pretty nice. I yeah. like them. Yeah. Did you know? For, did you know? Fun fact. Uh-huh. Did you know uh, Donner? Right, the of the yeah. of the. I know Donner. Yeah, yeah. I do know that. Him. That is Rudolph's father. Did you know that? I'm be, I'm not even kidding. In the in the story, Donner is Rudolph's father. So there's another story on the on the layer of though? Rudolph that needs to be told. I mean, Donner, but listen sure to this. Blitzen but Donner, in? Donner has to listen to his son as his son leads the sleigh. That, I tell you what, there's a story to be told in that. But yeah, so you got me home from uh, the North Pole. I appreciate uh-huh. it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I am. Um, where are you at? Where are you at now? I'm in my basement. I redesigned my basement. Um, I had this great uh, inspiration to, to set up some of my favorite things, and I set up uh, my my newspaper clipping from the Kansas City Chiefs who won the Super Bowl and are going to again. Um, but that happened. I don't. Did we talk about that on the show? I don't know. We don't. T- the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And then fun over fact, here is hold my. Hold on. Fun fact mm, Super yeah. Bowl 54, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 20. Super yeah. Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Anyhow, c- c- continue. Yeah. And this thing over here is my. Uh, uh, a representation of my favorite sport, the UFC. So all of this. Um, it took a little while, but uh, you know, I, I put in a lot of work, and I'm pretty proud of it. What do you think? I'm gonna kick you in the shin next time I see you. That's rude. You don't like? Well, it? why would you? Why would you insult my sport? It's it's the first event that I ever worked. Titan FC 16, December 2010. I don't know what that has to do with my basement, but listen, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're back, and I'm glad we're doing. The Spanish announce table. I, I'm excited, Tom. Wrestling. Listen, we need to maybe get something out of the bag. It's been a while since we've been here, and this is old news, as it were, but it's had a major impact on the pro wrestling community, and we haven't addressed it to our fans, and they want to know what we think about it. And that, um, unless you have something that happened to you this week, anything cool? I mean, besides the obvious, no. You know, just hanging in there. Besides watching a, a potential violent uh overthrow of our government yeah you know just the duck dynasty rejects trying to get a new show by overtaking the state capital no big deal egged anyhow on, egged on by our personal state you know senators and, and representatives and god it's great yeah it's literally our representatives like the two yeah. states that yeah, your representative in. my senator right like isn't oh that my fun god jesus christ uh anyhow but what were you gonna say Besides the Duck Dynasty rejects, uh, and man, spend $750 billion on defense, and within two hours, these fucking kissing cousin mouth breathers just walk into the building with the fucking biggest fucking police force in the country. Jesus Christ. With a, with a spear. Oh, they let them in. I don't know if you've seen that. They flat out just let them in. Like, hey. You don't get. I've been under the impression that if you walked in the wrong area, of like Congress or the White House, you were briefly whisked away, uh, maybe seen again, but probably not, right? I I know we don't live in movies, but like I thought it was akin to that, right? I thought it was like, a, hey, 
you are not to be off of the tour. Don't you know what I mean? Like, don't well, you're not coming in here or you're down. You know what I mean? You are neutralized. Well, one of my favorite bands of all times has a great quote that says, some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Mm -hmm. uh, that band was Rage Against the Machine, yeah. which is incorrectly used uh, by these by these loaf of bread, uh, dum-dum, drunk baby idiots. Um, so anyhow, uh, what were you going to say before we took that sidetrack of just how aggravated things are in the world? Um, you know... I, uh, <clears throat> uh, Brody Lee is where we were headed, uh, passed away. And I, I mean, there's no other way than just get into it. Right. It turns out that we saw, we, we knew he was a beloved guy, but mm -hmm. we had no idea. And, mm -hmm. uh, it made it all the more kind of hard to deal with, even as a fan who didn't know the guy personally, right? Um, to see the impact he had emotionally on so many people, nearly everybody, it seems like. Um, and then the tribute show from AEW. I we give them a lot of praise, and at times we border on sounding like fanboys, but I'm not. I don't feel out of turn of saying this might have been the best tribute show I've seen. It reminds me of the of the Eddie Guerrero one with the amount of people that just had nothing bad to say about this guy yeah i thought it was fantastic as far as a tribute show i i don't necessarily feel comfortable you know ranking tribute shows right like the of brian course. pill one wasn't as sure, good as the owen hart with that aside though it was very it was done very well yeah um uh I, I yeah was, I'm, to be clear i'm not ranking them this one right, just sticks yeah. out as like holy crap yeah, i no. don't recall one that made right. me yeah and it was great and uh, if you watch Being the Elite, you saw Eddie Kingston give a very heartfelt speech afterwards uh, that was very moving. I really enjoyed listening to that just, again, as an outsider and a fan of the pro promotion. Uh, it was very sad, very sudden, at least sudden to a, to the outsider perspective, right? I'm not, I wasn't tuned into the AEW dirt sheets or anything like that. We kept on saying, like, when is the Dark Order going to flip the switch from this wacky slide sideshow, and so when is Brody Lee going to come sense. in? Yeah, and the when whole, is Brody like, Lee? Why Cody suddenly won it back, and then he's gone? All of it makes more sense. Why they were stalling? Mm -hmm. now it all makes sense and of course it, his wife had said like he is a big a guy who was big on his privacy so she asked please don't say anything right of course and they didn't to their credit yeah. and we were here sitting here going man i want him back and, because you know, i want that you know big evil uh menacing monster in my weekly wrestling program yeah and and to, but in our defense like we didn't know right we didn't know he right, was sick course. and then saying get him healthy because we need x you know so anyhow uh, the thing that I will remember, though, and first, before I go into my little memory lane of Brody Lee, I do want to say, if you haven't checked out Tim's uh, TikTok of the recap of the news from Brody Lee, definitely do so. Tim, you did a great job. It was very, mm. it was done very well. I really enjoyed uh, your work there. But what I was going to say uh, is one of my favorite memories of Brody Lee is something, I don't know if I even shared it with you, but... Brody Lee and Big E are big mixed martial arts fans, right? Right. They, they enjoy the sport. Uh, they would watch it almost everything. They watch, and, and not even just MMA, they watch glory kickboxing and they watch jujitsu competitions. They would do all of this together. So, anyhow, by second hand accounts, uh, 
good friend of the Regal twins and Anthony is a guy named Emilio Sparks. And Emilio Sparks would say that Big E himself and Brody Lee would watch Kansas City Fighting Alliance. And so there would be a couple shows where I would be calling the action. One show in particular, uh, Emilio shared with Anthony and then Anthony then shared with me, is I got the gig last minute and I wasn't prepared. I didn't really know the card that well. And so what I did, like any good wrestling fan, is I prepared by going to a website that had Jerry Lawler's best one-liners and I just ripped the best ones out, right? So I said, uh, he's so strong, he can eat a steak with a spoon. Uh, he has nine months to come, or their parents had nine months to come up with the name and the best they'd come up with is Bruce or whatever the name is, right? So I'm littering KCFA with all of these Jerry Lawler one-liners, not knowing Big E and Brody Lee are watching this. Emilio Sparks tells Anthony, Anthony tells me, and it's just a fun memory that I have of Brody Lee that I can make him laugh. Some dork, idiot, dum-dum in Kansas City just saying Jerry Lawler lines that I think no one understands except for Big E and Brody Lee and obviously Emilio Sparks. So that was one thing that I thought of is uh, at least I could I could make him laugh for one night, you know, and this was years ago, wasn't anything recent, but uh, that's one thing that came to my mind. And then obviously all of his great work is Luke Harper, the Bludgeon Brothers, even though that name's still kind of dumb, uh, then the Mr. Brody Lee and all of that. I always liked him. I thought he was great. Um, and yeah, that big monster presence is going to be kind of a void in AEW for a while because I thought he did it better than any of the others, right? As good as Lance Archer is, as good as um, Wardlow or Jake Hager and all those guys are, Brody Lee had the mic skills and ring work to to kind of deliver that full package. So he will definitely be missed as far as a, yeah. a viewer watching AEW. Yeah, it sucks that, I mean, by all accounts, they lost one of the most solid dudes, right? Uh, friend, father, you know, dad that kind of thing um and just yeah i it's interesting i the whole it's it's going to be weird seeing what they do with the dark order moving forward and kind of how they do it but kudos to them i mean they had this whole new year smash which we're going to cover planned and they put it all on pause and let his son mm -hmm. uh, redraft the whole card and do all that uh, i mean very by again, by all accounts, um, have been nothing but supportive of the family, have dedicated somebody uh, from the Khan family, you know, staff to, to work with them. Like, uh, I, And credit really cool. to WWE, right? WWE also put out their own tribute. They also got reactions mm -hmm. from guys that had worked with uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper for years. You know, obviously Big E, I, I feel as, again, an outsider kind of viewing the situation, feels like he's spearheading the remembrance of this uh, of his friend here um and then obviously other you know xavier woods had a very impassioned speech after monday night randy raw orton. randy orton had a really great instagram post so also credit to wwe obviously he he uh ended his professional career with AEW, and it was again somewhat sudden so they were the ones that had to think on the fly but wwe didn't brush it under the rug to their credit and did acknowledge him and did find special ways to to give him tribute so i also want to acknowledge that as well yeah of course no and they did a good job so yeah i mean we won't harp on too much of the 
of the sad, right, if you will. Right. Um, he will be missed. Um, sad, uh, you know, not even just me saying that about us. It, it's clear he's going to be missed. Yeah, John Moxley's promo was another one on AW yeah. Dynamite. And mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston's. And just, you know, everybody is going to miss that dude. And that sucks. Um, but wrestling goes on. And that's kind of, um, you know, Katie the First Lady mentioned that in an email to us last week. Um, which you can email the show, tableshow at gmail.com. Might get read on the show like Katie's was where she talked about uh, her father passing away. Mm-hmm. And they had a bond watching wrestling. And this is kind of helping her deal. So, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you deal. Yeah, so let's get right into the AEW New Year's Smash Night One. Uh, one Smash. great way to one great way to tie in uh, what we were just talking about to last night's episode is the show kicked off with uh, Jim Ross saying it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Again, a great great tribute to to Mr. Brody Lee. Hoping that that becomes just his normal sign-on each and every week for AEW Dynamite. Wouldn't that hate would it. Cool. I like the line. I like the line even separate from uh, the unfortunate news. I think it, I always liked it on Twitter. Never really understood it. I still like the mystery behind it because there's so many different stories of why he would write that every day. Uh, anyhow, so Jim Ross kicked off the show and we went right into what we always do, a fun tag team match. And it was the Young Bucks and SCU versus the Acclaimed and the Hybrid 2. Fun fact... Uh, maybe it's not that much of a fun fact, but it was a fun fact to me. Um, I've been doing kind of just some old wrestling watching on the network and YouTube and all of that stuff. Came across a suggested video. Do you remember when Sami Zayn was making fun of Bobby Lashley and he said that Bobby Lashley had ugly sisters and those three independent pro wrestlers got into the ring as Bobby Lashley's Mm. sisters. And then Bobby Lashley beat him up. Well, fun fact, one of them was Max Caster. The guy that raps was the, was the sister in the uh, Bobby Lashley skit on raw. That's funny, right? uh, Look how far he's came. So credit to him. Uh, He did come out. I I liked his rap. I liked his rap. I, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the we're the John Cena, you're the Marty Jannetty because they were never a tag team, but I got it, right? I get the gist of it. Uh, the match itself, really good. The winners were who we thought they were. It was SEU and the Young Bucks. But post-match, Kazarian got back on the mic and reaffirmed that the next match that the SEU loses is going to be their last match, and they will be challenging. I don't know if it's next week. I don't know if it's two weeks from now because it wasn't necessarily specified, but they will be challenging the Young Bucks for the tag team championships. So, Tim, what would you think? Uh, I think this is the end of the SCU. Um, the Young Bucks are just – we're, we're going to talk about them more as we go through the show, but um, – they're not losing these titles. They're not losing them to SCU and SU's. Unless, I mean, I could see if they want to tie the Young Bucks up in a bigger storyline. So mm-hmm. they drop these titles. SCU has a small run. And then, and then they lose, lose the championships. And, and then, then they, they go, break up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, that okay. would be so actually maybe. pretty interesting. That would be maybe, pretty interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. that. Here's the part where I got a tad confused. I was introduced to SCU. As Kazarian, Daniels, and Scorpio Sky. Yes. In this announcement, it was just Daniels and Kazarian. So what are we doing with Scorpio Sky? Is he just not? He must a not part be a voting anymore? member. 
Yeah. Is he just like, Hey, uh, no, you're not, you're, you have no say in this. Cause what if he says, Hey, Hey, Kazarian and Daniels lost, but guess what? I can win this match as, you know, Kazarian with my partner. Like it's three people, at least to my mind. Right. Or is Scorpio sky off is off on his own. He's busy stealing our gimmick with this podcast. I mean, you know, I don't blame him, but it was a tad confusing, right? It was a little confusing on mm-hmm. where does Scorpio Sky fall in this mix. Uh, that's not, neither here nor there. AEW so far has done a really good job of tying up those loose ends, so maybe when this match does become official, we will get some type of clarification on that. Uh, moving on, after that, we did get the return of John Moxley, and I will say, uh, I'm not going to paraphrase everything what he said. Essentially, he's like, I'm going to stalk Kenny Omega and I'm going to get my title back. I added credibility to this championship. And here's a middle finger for you because I'm an angry uh, weirdo. Yeah. And so I like to shake my shoulders around a yeah. little bit. I will say this, though. It was a very believable promo. Yeah. The the motive sounds believable, right? Like, hey, you're not going to. You're not going to be the a jackass with this title that I spent a long time, mm-hmm. you know, pouring a lot of of ass beatings into. Um, not on my watch, right? So yeah, especially a guy you know who's alpha male and you know believes it's still his and got stolen from. So yeah, why not? It was good and uh, foreshadowing. We would see John Moxley later on in the night, so we'll get to that here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But back to the in-ring action. Next up, we saw Wardlow taking on Jake Hager, two members of the uh, inner circle here, uh, the the heavyweights, the guys that, I guess, started a fight over just staring at each other. So eye candy match? I don't know. I Uh, think this is – okay, so the group is is melting together, right, with with MJF and and Hager. And I think – what you said is coming. I think MJF is going to take over, but I think Warlow is going to be out, right? And and Jericho is probably going to be out as well. But, you know, the point of this is I think that this was just these are the two alpha tough guys. And then it was, you know, all right, we've got to settle this. And it was like, all right, guys, will you settle this, right? That's why they were kind of saying they're watching. And Warlow kind of won. So we'll see what that happens. But you saw MJF later with, I don't know if you want to get into that or just foreshadow well, off of this or whatnot but well one thing i was going to mention is even at the start of the night and throughout the episode chris jericho was on commentary so it was interesting to see and hear his comments during this match where he was saying yeah. you know mm-hmm. what you alluded to brothers fight this is when they're going to figure out you know who's uh top of the totem pole things of that that nature so i like that as far as jericho giving voice to like this isn't us splitting up is just brothers fighting and you know we're gonna get back on track next week and kick everyone's ass like you alluded to though post-match we saw uh jake hager you know kind of taking a moment of reflection after a hard-fought loss and mjf coming in to console him and saying like it's gonna be okay and then jake hager returning that and saying you're not too bad i appreciate it so yeah, here it is again. Santana and Ortiz get one over by MJF. Now it looks like Jake Hager gets one over by MJF. Wardlow, I think, to your uh, theory here, got the victory so that when he leaves, he can say, like, I never needed that team. I beat their biggest yeah. fucking monster. Like, who cares? I didn't like this guy. He was just paying me. And now, yeah. like, if something threatens that pay, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so uh, he could be one of the first dominoes to fall here. Mm-hmm. Um 
but it was really it was really interesting and i did like that it didn't lead to like more stuff one of the yeah. strongest attributes of AEW still and moving into 2021 is that subtlety cuz typically what you would see from a WWE product or just you know wrestling uh as kind of lazy booking would be Wardlow would get the victory with, you know, a handful of tights. Jake Hager would get pissed. Then the group would split off because one saw it as him winning fair. And then the other saw it, him winning dirty. And then we got infighting. Like that's too much. Like hit you in the face with this group is going to break up. This was done really well. So I was a fan of the segment and also the uh, MJF segment a little bit later on. So as we continue, let me get back to where we were here. We had probably the most disappointing segment of the night, Darby Allen and Brian Cage in a weigh-in. Now, before I shit on this too much, I will say at least it wasn't a contract signing. Had too many of those, right? Every fucking week it feels like there's a contract signing on SmackDown. At least it wasn't that. But, okay. I'll I let you go and then problem. let me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you it doesn't need to be a contract signing every time because we don't contract sign every match. They make matches on the fly. They send them out. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you're in the building, you are subject to any authority figure being able to put you in a match immediately. And it, you know what I mean? In any situation with any stipulation whatsoever, that appears to be the deal, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in pro wrestling lore, right? If you're in mm-hmm. the building, you can do whatever the fuck I say, or you can get the fuck out of here, right? Um, so, I don't like a contract signing. This weigh-in, the issue with this one is your weight division would have to be at least 150 to 300. And so, that doesn't make any sense, right? What what are we? What's the bar that we're trying to set here? Um, so, that doesn't make sense. You just have a press conference. You have pre-fight press conference. You have some fake. You know what I mean? Reporters well, they did that questions. once. You know what they I mean? did that yeah. once. Remember, Jake Hager and Cody did that, and that's when Jake Hager's wife came in and I think threw water on Cody, and then that ended yeah. the segment. I agree. Press conferences, maybe we need to turn up a little bit, and these weigh-ins and yeah. uh, contract signings they can go to turn a fight. They can still, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the the biggest problem I had with this segment wasn't even the weigh-in because. Maybe you you say, hey, look, it wasn't actually like a weigh-in as far as we have weight limits here. It was just measurements. We just want to show you the difference in these two. Yeah, we just wanted to punk him out. Right. Okay. And and if that's the case, I can still get into that a little bit. But again, this is my biggest beef. It's the same segment four weeks in a row, I believe, at this point, Mm -hmm. where Taz and Team Taz say, Darby Allen, you piece of shit, we're going to kick your ass. And then snow hits the arena or, you know, or the outdoor amphitheater. And then Sting walks out and they just walk away. At this point, we have to say Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and Hook and then even throw in Taz can beat these two people up. And would come prepared for a dude with a baseball bat finally. They would come <laughs> with bats of their own. Yeah. Knives. A gun, <laughs> and a gun. Um, it's so, a no holds bar match. Then grab a gun. <laughs> never understood like, why they never did I've that. I've seen wrestlers come out frequently with baseball bats with barbed wire attached to them. So, yeah, it's it's 
like I get that we book Sting for forty-seven appearances or whatever, and yeah. we, we we're gonna get him in, and we advertise Sting, and this is all Sting can do, um, which is like, fine. That I don't even mind. I'm being dead serious here. I don't even mind that it's Sting non-confrontational, but we just need to present him in different ways. I I was more of a fan of Tony Schiavone is going to talk to Sting tonight. Okay, because now we can advance a story. But this segment was literally copy and paste of every time Sting and anyone other than Tony Schiavone have been in the ring together. And that's where I'm just getting exhausted. Here's what I want. I want, uh, I want Brian Cage to somehow win this TNT championship, right? Through by evil things, right? The the team Taz strong arms just beats a you know Sting can't even say he tries to come down. He finally gets beat down by the team Taz, right? Mm-hmm. Now Darby's you know whacked out. He's all you know weird, but now Sting is watching him from afar. Like he Darby's up here. And then Sting's up here watching him, and Darby's like, "What in the fuck?" And then Sting's like, he's dark, trying to mentor Darby Allen, right, in the creepy ways of getting back at these folks, right, and and coming out of nowhere and kind of stinging, esking Darby Allen in that regard, like where he can drop out of nowhere and all of a sudden it was like, "Ah, fuck!" and he just ah, goes crazy with a skateboard or something, whatever, right? We 2020 mm-hmm. version of it, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because other than that, like, like. Put some story into this. And that's right? that's like, where I was getting just, at. If yeah. you want to have Sting appear next week, because I'm not sure when their next... Well, I guess the the match is next week. But let's just say um, after the match, you know, you're, you're going to again have to have Sting appear because of the 47 appearances or whatever, you know, that number is. Then let me see, you know, tonight on Dynamite, Darby Allen and Sting sit down with Tony Schiavone to air out their differences. Something there. Sting and Taz sit down with Jim Ross to talk about their long-storied rivalry that we have no idea about, right? It goes back to TNA when Taz was a commentator and Sting was part of the main event mafia and Sting didn't ask Taz to be a part of the main event mafia and he thought that was a slight and da-da-da-da, right? Like, we can tell stories here. We don't just have to have Sting walk out in snow and go like, <laughs> Even better. Let's stop the creepy, like the in the rafter stuff, right? All together, the snow is gone, right? Darby loses, but he's trying to get back at, at at the guys, and Sting's just acting like his dad. He comes in when he's doing something weird, like doing one of those jackass stunts. He's like, "What are you doing? Why don't you focus on getting your title back? Like you say, you want your title back, but you're in here flip kicking well, with these morons." You know what I mean? He's that, like, "Yeah, alone, right? I don't even ask for your opinion, <laughs> right?" Well, and that's the story we can tell with Darby Allen because then in a role reversal not like randy orton but almost in the same vein is now this is the second legend that darby allen's pissed off because if you go back the genesis of this taz versus darby allen rivalry goes back to darby allen not taking the advice from taz and then taz saying like dick right like darby allen and that could be the heel turn for darby allen here in the future is you could say you know Darby Allen and his whole beef with Taz was that he didn't respect the elders and the people that came before him. And so then he went through this rivalry. Then he got Sting to back him up. And then even he burned Sting and still said, these legends are not worth my time. And now, because you know who could you could do that with after Sting? Let's say you go down that rabbit hole. You know who should go with next after that? 
Chris Jericho, another mm. legend that he says shouldn't be in this company because he's taking my spot. And there you go. Now you have a captivating Darby Allen story. Wouldn't be bad, but what they're doing now is boring. I agree. What the segment is is definitely boring. So let's get back into the recap here uh, as we shit all over that one. Uh, next up, we had Cody Rhodes with Snoop Dogg taking it on open your third eye, Matt Seidel. Cody Rhodes gets the victory. You saw uh, Snoop Dogg act in the role of Arn Anderson. Uh, there was also a remix song, which was kind of trash. Um, what was your opinion on this match or this segment? I should say, I know this is the Mike Tyson segment. I know this is the money. The TNT said, Hey, we're putting Snoop on here to do this. Go big. Like, like I know that's like a, a deal. So they got to get it out. Um, it just, the match, first of all, of course, good. I mean, you've got two great in-ring performers there, um, and, and all that was fine. And it's just the, so he gets attacked by what Serpentico and and Luther because outside, yeah, they, they got, they brain into him and Dr. Luther or Luther and Serpentico, you know, don't like that. So then they're going to go in and they're beat up. I just. I mean, it's real loose, but, you know, whatever, it's pro wrestling. And then, you know, I mean, it, it sets up a spot for Snoop Dogg. But, man, I really wish we would have practiced a little more with Snoop on this. No, I like it. <laughs> that makes you appreciate pro wrestling, right? That not just any asshole can get on the top rope and do a frog splash. I right. liked it. And I also loved Chris Jericho's comments where he said he looked like uh, a nine-foot spaghetti or nine-foot piece of spaghetti. <laughs> so it was, it was very funny. And I will say, I, you know, given what we saw with Mike Tyson, given what we've seen uh, with other celebrities in WWE that, you know, kind of shit the bed, Snoop Dogg in this segment was invested. He was doing the the talking behind the, the laminated sheet. He was walking around. He was trying to pump up the crowd. Yeah. He also, before this, he didn't did go into business for himself. He right. He was saying, I'm yeah. going to play a part in what the story is. He also, yeah. before this, uh, I didn't mention it because I didn't have it in my rundown, but he was in a backstage segment with uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy, uh, where he presented juice to Private Party. And then Matt Hardy got private party to sign special contracts which included cameo wink because we still don't like wwe and uh, and i like that for 30 percent yeah that was pretty good yeah, yeah i like uh -huh. that um, um yeah but with this uh, I, I i liked what he did and again i like one of my favorite things is i like when you get an average joe and not to say snoop dogg mm -hmm. is an average joe but he's not a wrestler and you have him do a move and then you appreciate when you know, um, Matt Seidel does his jumping backflip off the top rope. Like, how fucking special that well, is. Okay, so it's a thing like every time I go, let's say it's it's winter time, it's Christmas time, the family wants to go ice skating, right? And we go do that. I instantly go, holy shit, I'm going to watch ice skating in the Olympics. This shit is hard. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, man, look at all of these grown men who look like solid dudes falling on their ass this one included right here you know um yeah things like that man yeah i agree with you that was cool um snoop dog you remember uh when he was uh invited to be the the musical guest for ku's uh, opening like basketball mm -hmm. like welcome here's the new team and did his Strippers. full snoop yeah. dog performance <laughs> they're like what what what, yeah, what, what like, is all this crazy kids there and they were like oh my god we got <laughs> i didn't know women could do those moves 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, by the way, so you fun. you ice skate? You ice skate though? No, I mean we've gone a couple times, like for you know whatever family reason. You know what I mean? Like it's been like whatever. My wife will get out there and do all that stuff, oh. and I've got out there and tried, and like man, I'm not good at it. I am not. Mm-mm. Can I tell you my irrational fear? Mm. I'll share with you and the audience my irrational fear. So I'll tell you a backstory before I get to my irrational okay. fear. Okay. All right. Uh, as any Midwestern teen in the middle school ages of their life would go to the skating rink uh, to, you know, flirt with the girls and do all that kind of Been stuff. There. I would I mm-hmm. would go to the skating rink, right? Well, yeah. one time I remember falling down, maybe I was horsing around or something, and I was I was decent on in, in the skating rink. I wasn't holding yeah. the side uh-huh. scared, right? I yeah, could just no, do I was my thing, in right? The skating rink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. But one time I fell, boom, fell on my stomach chest first. And my hands went out. And as my hands went out, someone ran over my finger. Yeah. And I was like, motherfucker. And, you know, I was going to say, you're afraid to get your fingers chopped off on the. And on the I ice am skates. so yeah. afraid with the ice skates because those are blades that my fingers will be chopped off. And so I just think to myself, it's I, not worth it at Crown Center to be dude, losing yeah. fingers. <laughs> I have wondered how it doesn't happen in every hockey game. I don't know how they. I see oh them my God. all over the ice. How do you, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so I've never ice skated. Because of that, because in one day in seventh yeah. or eighth grade, I fell and had, you know, a jammed finger from a roller blade. And I was like, those are fucking blades and they will chop my fingers mm-hmm. off. So I've never ice yep. skated in my life. All right. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Uh, Snoop Dogg makes you appreciate the frog splash a little more. The oh five my star God. Snoop splash ain't. Yeah. Ain't Snoopplex. Uh, it Snoopplex. was. Snoopplex. It was, it was something. Yeah. Uh, but it was good. And it also. To, to the credit of AEW and Snoop Dogg, uh, this morning, because again, AEW was last night as of this recording, this morning in our uh, company stand-up that we do, our department stand-up that we do, people brought up, so what's this Snoop Dogg uh, jumping off the top rope? And I was like, so it's AEW, because they thought, like, Who, where's John Cena? I was like, that's not the right company. And so I told them about AEW, so credit to them that, you know, nice. the exposure worked in a little bit. All right, so now as we move on, we got what could have been the coolest moment in this early 2021, but they didn't pull the trigger and it pissed me off. We had the AEW Women's Championship match with Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon, and Hikaru Shida wins, and that was the wrong call. I enjoyed this match, but that was the wrong call. I agree it was the wrong call. Um, Abaddon was trying to murder her. He's trying to cannibalize her. And, and here's the thing. If you don't want to say, hey, in a night where, you know, because they obviously have the show booked, in a night where, spoiler alert, we're going to reunite the, the Bullet Club, we don't want to have also a title change, right? Okay, I can understand that, like saying, that's our big and moment. We can't have something, right, get overshadowed by that. All right. But then at least have Hikaru Shida get like a roll up and then run for her life. That should have been, I think, the way you book Abaddon. Because Abaddon gets hit with the kendo stick. She sits up like Undertaker and is like, that didn't do shit. She drags Sheeta underneath the ring, biting her damn neck. Before that, biting her damn thigh. And so it's like, oh my God, we have a real fucking zombie trying to kill our champion. And the champion can do the like, ha ha ha, tripped over on a banana peel, got it, got you for a one, two, three schoolgirl, and then run out and Abaddon does her sit up and then runs after her again. Like that is how you say like Abaddon is going to eventually kill this lady. 
don't you want to see? And me as the viewer would go, yep. <laughs> yeah, because now you have to set up, if you were going to pull the trigger and, and give her time, you'd have to set up another reason to get her in a match. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, because she, she beat her clean. One, two, three, you know, uh, shoulders on the mat. That's the part that I didn't like. If you again, if you didn't want to say we're not going to pull the trigger because we don't want to get it overshadowed by the main event, which we're going to do something cool here, okay, but then still make Abaddon See, this villainous, crazy psychopath. Hey, here's the thing: it's what I've said with these kind of supernatural, dark, mysterious characters. Right? They work well when somebody plays the role well, and you've got to use them sparingly. And but you've got to make them hit when you use them because otherwise they're just weird. And they don't do anything. Right. It's got to lead to positive results for them, tangible results of storyline, and then they've got to be something to overcome for a hero. Otherwise, yeah. we don't give a shit. They're just weird. I totally agree. And here's the other point that I think would be fun in the AEW women's division. Have someone hold the championship where no one wants to challenge for it. Mm-hmm. No one's going to. If she's to- biting, you know yeah. what that match is biting? And people be like, well, look, we know, and we can only make rules, but like, if we make the rule that like, you know, we made the rule that no biting, but like, all that'll do is just disqualify her and she'll still be the champ. So like, we've told the refs like to let a few go because otherwise you're never going to get the time. You know what I mean? They'll be like, God damn it. I want to find I, her. She's biting me. <laughs> I also think it would be very funny to have two heels not trying to win a match because they don't want to be the number one contender. You could have Brandy. Say, oh, Dr. Britt Baker, you think you're so badass? You think you're so cool? Well, I'm putting you in a match with, uh, you know, Penelope Ford. Or, yeah, I was going to say Penelope Ford, Mm -hmm. because Nyla Rose might want to want that challenge, right? right? We could tell that's how we get the belt off Abaddon. But in the interim, we could say Brandy Rhodes gets upset because uh, Dr. Britt Baker, you know, spills water on her and is rude to her, right? So then she goes, well, you know what? I actually have been seeing your matches and you're doing a great job and you're doing a great job with that talk show. Let's give you a number one contenders match with Penelope Ford. And then Penelope Ford just like standing over the back. Uh, uh, and and the winner gets Abaddon. And then like you have the lights go out and Dr. Britt Baker's like, fuck this. And then they do the match and they're like laying down for each other. They're like, no, 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 pin me. And they're like, no, bitch, you pin me. And it's like, no, no, no. They start getting mad and then they're slapping and then they're really fighting and then they realize like, oh shit, I can't win. And they're like, they like let go of the pin real quick and they're like oh no no it wasn't me no i didn't do it right <laughs> yeah and then that's when if you wanted to like let's have some more fun you know t-mac and tim story time here so then that's when nyla rose would then enter into the ring power bomb both of them and be like abaddon all these bitches are afraid of you i'm not that bitch that's afraid of you Come and then see you're me. like yeah mm-hmm. and then it's like oh shit and then we've got the native beast versus the fucking female undertaker that's a fun matchup Anyhow, we decided to have Sheeta win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so next. (laughs) So next up, we had an early, and I know, again, it's January, but an early match of the year contender with Ray Phoenix taking on the AEW world champion, Kenny Omega. And man, oh man, this match had it all. Uh, Flips and shits, count outs at two. Uh, hard fought action outside of the ring going through some guardrails uh any and everything that you could throw into this match they did it and kenny omega comes out victorious first off before we get into the post match what did you think of the match itself 
The match itself is, this is another kind of match where I treat like the Young Bucks, where I'm impressed with the physical prowess and the stamina of these guys. Um, it's it's still, it's it's a lot of the, you know, I'm going to hold your hand while I run over here and you're going to wait five seconds and and you've got to be in the exact right position like this for me to catch you. And, and you know, uh, I just, it, it's a little too unrealistic for me at times, but um, the just... The speed, the agility, the the acrobatics, all that is not lost on me. Like that is always amazing to watch. So I mean, right. it's there. I just I wish for a little more. Eh, I, I, you know, we harp on the word story, but you know, and that not that there wasn't some in here, but it's just it's always the story is well. And then it, it's him, and then it's me, and then it's him, and then it's me, and then it's him, and then it's me. And I'm like, okay, that's the same story <laughs> we yeah. tell in all the matches here. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'd give the match, you know, like B rating because of that but um the the you know the fallout of course it's weird the fallout is weird so the fallout i know we had like the idea was well okay we've got ray phoenix normally his buddy would come out but surprise we've got your buddies because the guys who don't like you are helping us and then somebody was no fuck that it's moxley because i've been watching you and now somebody's gonna come out to stop it like i i get that but like it just felt like a lot of convoluted to get there if that makes sense i didn't i okay so i was with the 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 fallout angle up until that point because everything made sense to me right so kenny omega and ray phoenix do have this history going back to triple a and some other matches and so kenny omega just doesn't like ray phoenix right it just fuck that guy hate him so uh, now Kenny Omega is this villainous heel. Make he's an gonna, example of him. Yeah, he's going to make an example and end the career of Ray Phoenix. So obviously, to make sure that that happens, he's going to pay off the family. Eddie Kingston already doesn't like Pac and Pentago or Pentagon he right needs now. Money and he needs money, and he's a villainous <laughs> asshole. So of course he's going to do it. So still logically makes sense, right? Eddie Kingston taking all the like he wants the shine. It was the main event spot. Of course he wants that camera time and all of that. Like yeah, he's going to do it. And so they're beating up Pac and uh, Pentagon, right? So boom, okay, cool. And then he's gonna. So now Kenny Omega is going to make his way, and he's going to take out Ray Phoenix to make an example of how great of a champion he is. Well. Earlier in the show, like John Moxley said, every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. So he comes out and he has his fucking baseball bat with barbed wire. Because why barbed wire? It's fucking John Moxley. So I'm believing it, right? He's beating him up. He's beating him up. Okay, here we go. Maybe round three of Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Then the good brothers come in. And if you've been paying attention to Impact, I'm still there with you holding some thin wires where, okay, the good brothers are going to help out their friend Kenny Omega. Cause they have a big match. The three of them at impact on Saturday. I think it is. Yeah, okay. Right. They're there to protect their investment. Right. Then this is where it gets a little confusing. So I'm still friends helping friends. Okay. And then the the wrestlers on the side come in to help John Moxley because they're like, hey, these two guys don't even work here. Fuck that. They're not going to be making a statement on my show. The Varsity Blondes. Griff Garrison, God damn it. Yeah. And the Varsity Blondes and some other people jumped in there and the baseball bat and the two other guys take him out. So then the Young Bucks make their appearance and I'm still there, right? Where it's like the Young Bucks who are executive. Yeah. And they are executive vice presidents. So this is their show, right? That is that is in storyline. That is not something like you read on the dirt sheets. They have told us that on the fucking show. 
as that, well as Kenny Omega, right? Like, yeah, uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Cody have told us they're fucking executive vice presidents. So that is part of the store story. Again, this is not like kayfabe. You gotta no, no. They've told us that. And so then the Young Bucks, or one of them, super kicks the the tall varsity blonde guy, the Griff uh, Griff mm-hmm. Griff, and he fucking falls down. The Griff guy. Yeah. And then you mentioned this on your on your uh, YouTube short TikTok video of the recap of the show. Mm-hmm. Then the, the then they do all the too sweet. So now we have the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as a I guess a heel faction reunited the super elite or whatever the beep, fuck we're calling them. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. But what the fuck is the angle in AEW? So the executive vice presidents are going to rain havoc in a promotion that they're supposed to run day to day? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Seems like they're going to have a, a an issue on Monday's all-hands meeting. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't. What? It, uh, Tim. It'd be like if I started a company and I was like, hey, I'm a software company. I hired 10 employees. I gave them all computers. But guess what? They all got a fucking virus on it. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? It makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the only way, like, I see this would have worked was, like, if is, like, if he was going like if it was still the good brothers against like cody and the young bucks if, if omega was like nah fuck you guys i just wanted your money and ah, i just been using you the whole time you know that's a better fight this is just this is weird i don't know i the young bucks again with all of this like what the fuck are the young bucks and what do they do <laughs> like why is it different every three weeks I'm just- yeah yeah i just yeah that that's another good point because at the start of the show, and again, maybe that was a heel turn, but at the start of the show, SCU, we're shaking your hand, and we're beating up the claim. The greatest uh, in the world. Yeah, hey, guys, new, here's a cool shirt and all this stuff. And then at the end of the show, again, they they did the heel turn, but heel turn against what? Yeah, against Against what? what? Yourself? Yourself? Yeah. Now, you had mentioned off air, because I asked you about this, because I just am thoroughly confused. You're like, well, maybe this is all a thing about we were greedy and we wanted to take Tony Khan's money. Mm-hmm. So this was all big, long play to just get the billionaire to make us rich and powerful, powerful. Right. If that's the storyline, that's still a lot of connecting dots that is going to be hard to put together. Yeah. yeah. But even then, okay. So then the well, story then you is the, the young bucks too soon. Then that needs to be part of the storyline. Then it's like that happens weeks later, and it's like as they're trying to protect, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're in on it too, and <laughs> too sweet me, bro. Then you do that. Like this was weird. Like you didn't need five all of a sudden. It could have started with three and four because it's Don Imus running around like an asshole that we all hate. Like it just is I, this is are they legitimately doing the NWO? I, this is what I said to you offline also that you didn't bring up uh is that these guys again have copied something not identical but as nearly identical as you could 20 years later um but they managed to not 
like capture when they copied the essence of what was actually cool about it. And that's because they're not actually cool guys. <laughs> I know we keep saying this, <laughs> yeah, but like do. they're just not really. I mean, like they're nice guys, I'm sure, and I'm sure like they're they're very influential to people, and they're probably good people, but like they're not cool guys. And so when they're trying to do cool things, it reeks of somebody trying to do what they thought was the cool thing. That when they saw Kevin Nash, they're like, "Man, that guy's so cool. He's so cool because he does this." No, he's cool because he's a suave, smooth motherfucker who looks like a million dollars, and you're not. And he always has been, so he's been able to develop that personality that you won't. And so, like that, it's it's just, it's weird. So here we are again with them trying to like make this. It's what it feels like, a copy of something, but not like capturing what was actually cool about it. Because here we are just going like, but it doesn't make sense here. It made sense there, right? Oh, it was Bischoff the whole time, and 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 we kind of slow rolled there until they ran out of ideas, and then it was just throw people at it. Yeah, you guys Wolfpack. are already at the throw people at it stage, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, the, honestly, the most interesting thing I found from the entire segment was nothing in the ring. It was Jericho's mm. commentary. So Jericho was talking about how the Good Brothers don't even work here. What the hell are they doing? And then, on a drop of a dime. You know, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega get the upper hand and then you hear Jericho saying like, oh, man, they're just they're looking like a million dollars in there. They're taking everyone out. And Tony Schiavone just flat out says, whose side are you on, Jericho? And Jericho, mm -hmm. without missing a beat, just says the winning side. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, because that was my logical like, OK, who's going to take this group out? It has to be the inner circle. If, if we're not going to break up the inner circle, it's going to be the inner circle versus the super elite round two, but roles reversed. Now Jericho the is club. the savior. Yeah. But the, the inner circle is the saviors of AEW. Oh, you hated us for so long, but now, you know, very much like when the NWO, and that's why I said, mm -hmm. is, this, is this the NWO? When the NWO first started and was getting, you know, their feet underneath them, it was the four horsemen it was that were fighting. It was the face yeah, mm -hmm. it was the four horsemen that were fighting for WCW. So I feel like they're going to do the inner circle is fighting for AW, which is good. But maybe I'm wrong because, again, Jericho just goes, I'm on the winning side. And it's like, all right, well, that's a new wrinkle. Because I thought, yeah, the inner circle, Jake Hager would run him off or something like that. But it's interesting. I will say that I'm still interested because I don't know what's going to happen next. But I'm fearful because I don't think they know what's going to happen next either. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Hey, so let's. Uh, that was the AEW recap. Uh, I did want to share before we move on into more of our uh, general thoughts of the rest of the pro wrestling world. Uh, we ran a poll, and I said, uh, "What grade would you give tonight's AEW Dynamite?" Again, this is at Table Show on Twitter, and with seventy-five percent of the votes, the listeners, viewers, and followers of Spanish Announce Table gave it an A. So 75% gave it an A, 15% gave it a B, 5% gave it a C, and 5% gave it a D. So, Tim, with those results in mind, what would you give last night's AW Dynamite? I think I'm hovering in the high B. Yeah. I thought it was a solid B. And we kicked off this show talking about, and this is why I'm giving it a B. We kicked off this show talking about the real news of the day, right? 
what's going on in the Capitol. So I'm going to be completely transparent. As much as that was a fun episode and I was able to escape from moment to moment, I was a little exhausted from the day. And so it was a great show, but I was so thoroughly drained from just the viewing of the stupidity that I couldn't really like, I'm glad they didn't do any crazy like Eddie Kingston baby face thing or new debut or anything. Cause I don't know if I could have handled it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just had no capacity. Yeah. I, um, I watched it today because you know, we were just watching the stuff so much mm-hmm. last night and then it just never, you know, I was going to pull it up and try to watch it as I was going to bed, but it just didn't really, didn't really work out. So today, I mean, it, it was, you know, I'd already processed a lot of that. So I think I was kind of a little more into it than yeah. that. I, 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 I thought about it much times. I was, I was like, I don't want to watch. Uh, although you were doing, you know, you watched a little bit of it because you were live tweeting a little bit. And then I think you finally gave up and said, you know what? You <laughs> just went off on, on your uh, local representative there. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck Josh Hawley. I'll yeah, say that, that to guy. his fucking face. That fucking asshole. Ah. Oh. Fuck him. That, God, I hope. He's doubling down. He's still, yeah, he's still. Oh, God. I hope he gets athlete's foot in his fucking mouth. What a cocksucker. Hate that guy. By the way, I did miss one thing as I'm reviewing more of my notes from last night's show. Um, One stipulation was added to a uh, match moving forward. Uh, There was a backstage segment with uh, Chuck and Orange Cassidy that was interrupted by Miro and Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Uh, first off, Chuck did confirm that Trent has a torn peck and will be out four to five months. So I uh, hope the best for Trent moving forward. But then they made a match where Miro will take on Chuck. And if Chuck loses, he becomes Miro's uh, young boy, which I guess, you know, I'm not that familiar with Japanese pro wrestling as far as like the inner workings, but essentially, uh, essentially it's like when uh, Shawn Michaels was working for JBL. It's something similar to that. Um, right. What do you think will happen there? I, I'm going to guess, man, I don't know. I don't think they're going to have, I think it's funnier if you have Chuck win that and, and Miro has to be, is it, is it either or? Is it like I, I don't know. To, or I thought just, it was okay. just Chuck will be Miro's, but it could be yeah. either or because if Miro becomes Chuck's best man, huh? Then Orange Cassidy could get in on the fun, right? And say like Miro, you're dressing up like Orange Cassidy tonight, and then like Miro has to do the stuff, you know. Uh, if Chuck in, joins Miro, then it's more of the traditional. Oh, now he has to wrestle three guys tonight because Miro is needs to be entertained, and that's not as fun. Well, and that's it. Yeah, it's just not a story that is going to produce anything of merit. You know, like that's not going to propel Chuck to the top. You know, even a even a mid card run, a you know title run. So, yeah. I, it would be way better to have Miro be able to kind of distance from Penelope Ford and and which and, when uh, are we getting that payoff? Saving. When are we getting that pay? We never got the date. And again, I think we were supposed to get it last week, but obviously with the Brody Lee uh, tribute show, that's completely understandable. But it didn't felt like it didn't feel like it was um, uh, tied up on this episode. I still don't know when this wedding is. Mm -hmm. I just 
Yeah, but I would get him away from it. I would have him lose to Chuck, and then Chuck, because he's going to do funny things, and and we know Miro loves to do that, like in in real life. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. would put himself in some hilarious situations, and then, as you said, Orange Cassidy gets to be in there, and we'd get to see Trent a time or two, I'm sure. You know what I mean? He's got a torn peg, but he doesn't, I don't don't know if he lives far away. Yeah, he was still a dark walking out with them and stuff. So, yeah, we could see stuff like that. And and Sue. And Sue, yeah, maybe, uh, oh, Miro has to chaperone Sue around the uh, Jacksonville area. I mean, oh, think of it like, they could, like, Sue and Miro could flirt all the time, you know what I mean? And, and like, would you stop? <laughs> if, <laughs> if they just even hinted, if they just even hinted at the um, Murphy and Aaliyah storyline in WWE... Like mm-hmm. I think we've seen this age difference before in W in pro wrestling, you know, like it's a Sue and Miro kind of relationship. Anyhow, that'd be fun. Uh, but I did want to get your thoughts on the rest of the world in pro wrestling, namely WWE, because uh, you did mention how, hey, I saw this when I was young, and let's do it again. And that whole theme was Monday Night Raw. I did not like it at all. It was all bad, yeah. Here's the thing. It started off with Hulk Hogan talking about an H-phone, which is not on WWE Shop. It's not a thing. So what the hell was that, right? What the hell was that? Who greenlit that? Who Who wrote it? That opening the show. So we already got dorky there. And then this is my biggest beef, and maybe it's just the biggest beef I have with pro wrestling in, in general, and I feel like I may have said this before. It's one thing when the Bailey character was wide-eyed and mesmerized by Trish Stratus or John Cena or Lita or Randy Orton, right? Because that was her character of, oh my God, you know? But when all of these baby faces are just going, hey, brother, with Hogan, you guys all look like fanboys, and now I'm not a fan of you, I'm a fan of that guy because you're telling me you're a fan of that guy. So why the fuck would I care about you? And it just, we got to stop with this, you know, and I know I'm going to say something that's going to probably be droning to the listeners here, but go back to any era before 2010, right? Before the John Cena hustle, loyalty, respect era, right? Go back to any era. Could you see any top guy? Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, any of them doing the fucking things with the generation yeah. before them. There's I mean, a Michaels hug. did it, but they also did a tag team angle and then had a, a with break who? they did the, the with Hogan. Oh, but that was yeah, you know, that was like a one night, yeah, and that was fine. Right. I'm talking about like when they were the guy, when they were the yeah. number one person. They obviously would help the elders, right? Because they were baby faces, but it would be a hug and it would be almost like a, hey, get out of the ring because this guy's still a threat. I've got this handled. Yeah. It wouldn't you would be backstage. See Austin doing the, the Hogan. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Things. You would never see Austin like strutting around like Ric Flair. You would never uh, see yeah. The Rock. You would never yeah. see The Rock, you know, he would mock it up. them doing it before right. he would, right? Yeah. It's just this generation is just like, I get it. I fucking get it because I'm right there with you that we all grew up pro wrestling fans. 
fucking cool. Be a pro wrestler. Another thing that sticks out is like, Randy Orton, they pull up Lame and and tell us that he, in fact, didn't set her on fire. Oh, let's get into this. Then his, like, I'm going to show these legends a thing or two, but all he did was go around and just be mean to them and just, like, verbally assault them until they would walk away. Like, he just bullied them around? Like, what was the point of that? Like, what did we do with that? All of that was much. Like, WWE is seeming, like, they've gotten to this problem with this Legends Night, and and we've seen reports that, like, their, you know, their ratings are slipping, and, and the networks, WWE, as you said, as a business, is like, eh, hey, man, we're still making a shit ton of money off YouTube, but our sales are, you know, our money's up, but the network that's paying them some of this money is going, hey, we were going to sell advertisements against these ratings that are slipping, so... They've told them to come up with something. They said they wanted them to push the envelope, but not in a sexual manner, right? Try to find something. They don't have you know anything. What I mean? But they don't have anything. And and first of all, why not in a sexual manner? Everything's sexual. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, don't go over the top, like, tits and ass. But, like, you can incorporate in the storylines that some people are fucking like we're grown-ups we can handle that right we're kissing because you know uh, let's say kissing, it's for you know because it, it, it's for families right a 10 year old has kissed another kid on the playground at least i did right. you weren't yeah you know, yeah nerd you're a dork. but, uh, yeah. but you, know, yeah. you can at least say there's yeah there yeah because that was the thing i i mentioned the 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 murphy and Aaliyah angle mm-hmm. right that now has just been dropped right what's the latest on them Right, we don't fucking know because we can't. They just let it go. Right, but but no. What I'm saying is, love is a huge part of entertainment. Watch any fucking show. (laughs) Huge part of life. Yeah, it's one of the most driving motivators of almost any story you get told on television or movies or anything. And yet, in WWE world, we get a romantic relationship once every ten years. Because what was the one before Blake and, and Aaliyah? Yeah, I don't know. Trish well, and, and Christian at WrestleMania twenty. Some of the ones we and some of the ones that we do get wind up in the birth of a hand. So, I still think that was funny. I'm okay <laughs> with that one. Again, at least make it a memory. We can talk about it. We know exactly what you're saying. We know exact. That's the thing. That's that's one tangent I want to go on about this whole WWE product is they're not creating good stories right but right. then they're not even creating memories memorable ones yeah i i know at that, least go bad like if you're not gonna yeah. be good just make it irreverent and weird and make that kind of the deal but i don't know and i get it right they just burned bray wyatt in the ring but everything around it isn't consistent because again you had braun Strowman get suspended for headbutting Adam Pierce, but then Randy Orton is still showing up each and every week after he murdered someone. And, and uh, yeah, you burned him, and now we're two weeks into it, and I don't know. What's well, happening. I don't need. Yeah. Well, I don't need the like. You know, he's back in a, in a month, right? Rushing it like CM Punk, the Summer of yeah. Punk kind of stuff. I'm just saying, if you're gonna go weird, go weird, but be consistent with well, your storytelling. Why is everybody not? Like scared to even be in the same hallway as Randy Orton. Like he should be the number one guy talked about on all WWE programming. NXT, 
They should have Tommaso Ciampa come out and be like, I'm going to be the locker room leader. Not like how Randy Orton was, because we know how that ended, but I'm going to be the locker room leader. And then on SmackDown, Roman Reigns is talking about how he's going to be the head of the table and he'll push it to the limit, but not like Randy Orton. Like, Randy Orton should be the number one thing they talk about because he murdered someone. Instead, he's fucking mid-card bullshit. Yeah. It's weird. Does anyone else get this? It's weird. And so what I what I was getting at is like, so you brought up uh, our TikToks and the YouTubes. Go to go to our YouTube if you're watching this right here. Obviously you're there, but we're YouTube.com/slash Spanish Announce Tube, or you can find it on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. The links are all up there, and we're TikTok at Spanish Announce Table. Uh, I did a, a Spanish Announce Time Machine video on January fourth, nineteen ninety nine, when Mick Foley uh, beat The Rock for the WWF title right the uh that'll put butts in the seats and poke of doom what what wcw forgot then is it's about the stories and when they told them there's a great story going on over here everybody changed the channel and they stuck around for the stories that wwf was telling at the time and wcw went out of business because of it and now wwe has that same problem they they still think it's look it's drew mcintyre and he's standing next to hulk hogan you guys wanted to see Drew McIntyre and Hulk Hogan tonight, right? And we like, no, I didn't. Honestly, I, I want to see a good story. And if those two are the best to tell me the story, then great. But, like, I, that's what – the reason we have this great affinity for Hulk Hogan is because you told a fuck ton of stories with him for decades coming up that we all loved. Mm-hmm. Fuck ton of them. And now yeah. – now it's nothing. Now he's now he's air guitaring and selling phones that aren't even you, real. I, I know that's really what Terry Belayo does, but like I do, don't need Hulk Hogan to do that. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, so I agree I just, with you. Yeah, it, I'm it, lost it's on more it. so. Well, no, it, it's a it's a perfect analogy because, uh, and again. You know, AEW, we are fans of their product, even though currently their main story, we're not totally sold mm-hmm. on. But they were telling a very compelling story just a few months ago of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. And each and every week, Tim and I would be like, oh, my God, what do you think will happen? Okay, so this obviously has to lead to this. Well, it could lead to that. Oh, man, but I can't. I'm excited for their match at the pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. And that's a story. And that's what we were talking about on this podcast. And at the same time, they were doing matches on WWE of, well, it's the first time ever, Daniel Bryan and Jey Uso. And well, why? Well, because. And it's like, mm-hmm. I need more than you just telling me first time now, ever, yada, yada, yada. That is still probably the, the best storyline they're telling is that Roman Reigns. Well, Jay no, Uso Roman stuff, Reigns you know. and Jay Uso is the story, but you telling me tune in tonight because Jay Uso is just going to wrestle someone else. I don't yeah. fucking care. Yeah. I like it. Like, great. Yeah. Yeah, they advertise the matches a lot, which I, I just I still don't understand. And I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe I don't have my finger on the pulse of the average wrestling fan, but I didn't think that's what they were tuning in for was like just to physically lay eyes on Daniel Bryan. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Is that what you people are? Is that what you people email us? Tableshowgmail.com. Yeah. Use hashtag tweet the table. We're going to get into that in a second. Let us know if that's what you're watching. If you're like, I just want to see the abs on Dolph Ziggler. I guess maybe I, I didn't understand you. <laughs> like, if, yeah. I just well, I, 
even more so if, if your number one reason of watching a pro wrestling match is how many false finishes they can do in a 22 minute story. That ain't me, pal. That mm. ain't me. I'm into stories. I want to know what's happening. That's why I'm still positive and patient with this uh, super elite storyline. But why I'm kind of getting a little sour is because it don't make no fucking sense. I don't care that in a ring, some friends stood together and touched hands. Right? I need a story to make sense around it. Yeah, that's not the cliffhanger shocking moment that they appeared to think it was not to us at least and again maybe I it was seen to the listener again but not, not on all elite wrestling but they have to know as well as we know the majority of people watching all elite wrestling television are fans of wrestling television and have probably seen a lot of wwe television and have seen a lot of njpw and we have seen a lot of times where these various components of this Bullet Club elite universe have mixed and matched and reunited about a hundred fucking times. So them all of a sudden standing in the ring touching fingers is nothing new and nothing shocking at all. At all. So you're right. Like that is not the like moment you guys thought it was. This story could have had those moments and could have some to come. But like I, I just think they, again, didn't think it through. And I think they are... You mentioned this about Cody Rhodes with the neck tattoo. I think these guys are all a little bit into their own brand a little too much sometimes, right? Where they're like, well, we're the Young Bucks and we had the Bullet Club and everybody remembers that as the greatest thing ever. And so when we, you know, we think of the shock when we all suddenly do this and then like, you guys think okay. that's shocking? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, so yes. And yeah. You know, it's, it seems a lot like, you know, uh, now that we're going through this new wave of veterans that were, you know, rookies learning the ropes, now they're the, you know, leaders in the locker room, starting to understand maybe uh, Hogan wasn't so dumb in all of his stupid, you know, it's me first or that there. Because everyone used to talk so much shit that, oh, well, Hogan would put himself in the main event every time. Well, we're hearing a lot of fucking things where, hey, pal, it's me in the main event tonight. And that's what I'm going to do. So get used to it. It's like, well, didn't you hate that about what Hogan did? Isn't that what, but now that's what you, so then what, and you think everyone's going to be cool because this, but then you thought everyone was going to hate Hogan because he was going to do another leg drop. Oh, Mm. okay. Uh, Starting to sound a little, starting to sound a little uh, pot calling the kettle black. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying. I'm saying. All right. Well, That's what we've thought about the pro wrestling world, but now we'd like to offer uh, the the same platform out to yeah, you, the let's fans hear from the Table you. Nation. Mm-hmm. You can you can enjoy this platform in uh, two distinct ways. You can email the show tableshow at gmail dot com. Nobody did that this week, so fuck it's okay. You. But you can. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But fuck you. And, and you can also use hashtag. Tweet the table on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Table Show. You don't have to to play along. You can use hashtag Tweet the Table. Very simple. And we're going to read some of them on the show here. And I've got some pulled up. Tom, are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? Let's go to at double A underscore W I R. He says WWE Legends Night. More like WWE Hair Dye Night. Hashtag Tweet the Table. 
Man, mm. I tell you what, that was a lot of MacGyver putting together wrestlers to make sure they look good on TV, right? Here, put some bubble gum on his back. Put some fucking pins on his hair. <laughs> I saw, yeah, Big Show had to sit down three times in his promo thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I did see somebody too online that said, uh, congrats to, or like big props to Jimmy Hart for rocking the same hairstyle since like the 1980s. <laughs> just same just thing. Just never change, man. Yeah, never change. Yeah. Nope. All right. At, here's one we have not heard from in a while. Okay. At the cock 10. Says, Ka-ka! remember the cock? <laughs> Ka-ka! I'm yeah. trying to make the noise, but I can't. Uh, we love the cock here on the Spanish announce table. <laughs> he says, hashtag tweet the table, impact and AEW alliance, a true blessing. Missed you guys. Cock. Um, this is, uh, you know, for anybody not watching the YouTube show, I try to put these up on the YouTube show now, but uh, this is at the COC10, right? Cock. That's how he ended that. He signed it, right? You know, just, uh, we're not obviously. You sign your juven- tweets. Yeah, we're not. We're not yeah, juvenile adult. here. Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> so the cock uh, brings a lot of good points, Tom. Yeah, th- I'm very happy that he missed us. <laughs> no, that was the uh, best point yeah, that he made. That was his best point. <laughs> a true blessing. I'm, you know, uh, listen, cock. It's a bit much. Uh, <laughs> Here, here's the th- here's the thing that again, and, and I just want to convey this yeah. to make sure that you know at the end of this show when people are listening back and going, "Oh, Tom is just hating on pro wrestling again because that's what he does." It's not that. It's that it doesn't make any sense. If there was a if John Moxley was this champion, unhinged champion that was doing anything to win, going heel, going crazy, no one can beat him. And then you had this super elite group form to then have one of them take out John Moxley, Avengers style. Okay, I can get that. But you're forming to rage against the machine, and you are the fucking machine. Yeah, you are the machine. At least on the AEW side. On the Impact side, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm kind of in and out. I see some things. I don't really know what's going on over there. Eh. But on the AEW side, it ain't making sense right now, pal. Well, while we've got the cock uh, with us here, uh, and since he's back in our lives, since the cock is back in our lives and it's been a long time, yes. uh, we'll, give him another, we'll give him another shot. Uh, at this and uh, he says hashtag tweet the table impact would make a hell of a development system for AEW, but i doubt callus would want to play that role though i mean i I've, anything not in AEW or wwe is kind of a Feeder. development system for those two now right I agree. um i yeah. mean you know wwe has their formal system but they're going to use Impact and all those other things. They're going to keep an eye out. If somebody's really good, they're going to try to bring him in. You know? Yeah, I mean, case in point, the Rascals, who made a big impact in Impact Wrestling, are going to the WWE. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Impact is still a feeder system to these two bigger organizations. Yep. Speaking of AEW, uh, let's let's head on over to a- at Summers 330 our good friend Justin Summers. Uh, he, uh, wants to talk about AEW, specifically that Cody Rhodes match. Uh, mm-hmm. and he says, glad to see Snoop and Eminem buried the hatchet this quick. Hashtag tweet the table. Look at that. A great pop culture yeah. reference. Have you been mm-hmm. following that? 
Yeah, isn't that fun? Well, what a bunch of dickheads. Now, what I'm saying by that is their beef is that the other one didn't put the other one in their top 10. Shut the fuck mm. up, first off. That's yeah. so petty. And then second, to like still have a beef, and I understand it started before this incident, but the glue that holds you two together is Dr. Dre, and he just had a brain aneurysm, so mm. maybe cut the petty shit and let's fucking be friends again. What the fuck? Yeah. The new Eminem album was good, though. It's very good. Um, very good. Yeah. I, a good Eminem song, I've always uh, determined, is him not singing the chorus. If he gets someone else to sing the chorus, it's a better song. Because when he does the singing bullshit, I check out. But if he just raps and then has you know someone else in the chorus yeah. spot, mm, yep. it's a hit. All right. Final one. At Katie First Lady says, does this mean it's Goldberg versus Reigns at Mania? Hashtag tweet the table. I think we're going to get rock versus reigns at some point but i don't know if that's happening at mania i don't know about goldberg reigns i think that will you know I, well I let's talk like let's that. talk about that last segment let's talk about that last segment oh so, jesus yeah oh, it gosh. made no fucking we sense talk about that? yeah let's do yeah. it let's do it because uh. it made no fucking sense right yeah so made no sense no so yeah goldberg comes out with no evidence with no indication that we've seen it all on any sort of wwe television since the return of drew mcintyre to this like baby face character that he's got any sort of impropriety in that regard like he's a he's a solid guy he was doing right like i just said i was giving him shit for he was doing the fucking flexes with hogan mm-hmm. and then at the end of the night goldberg saying it's- you don't respect us and he seemed to be legitimately really enjoying himself when he was doing it too. Like he wasn't like, Oh fuck this guy. And make him think. Right. Yeah. No, he like, had a huge smile on his face. Now yeah. what's being reported. And again, take it with a grain of salt. And I just saw it because it came through the timeline while I was live tweeting AW dynamite on our Twitter at table show was that drew McIntyre didn't get to say his promo and then Goldberg came out and just cut the promo, assuming that Drew McIntyre said his part. And that's why it made no fucking sense, which is an indictment of two things. One, that you didn't plan out your main event with enough time. And two, that Goldberg is Ron Burgundy and just goes with whatever's told with it, to, to him. He couldn't yeah. improvise and say, like, oh, fuck, I got to go. Okay, well, Drew McIntyre didn't get to say a shit. Okay, well, I got it. Nope. He just said, like, you want me to say A, B, C, one, two, three? All right. It's my time. Okay. A, B, C, one, two, three. And then the crowd, or not the crowd, but the you know viewers at home go, like, the fuck was that? And he just goes, I said A, B, C, one, two, three. And we're like, yeah, it was fucking made no sense. And he goes, well, that's not my fault. You told it's me like, to say it. yeah. it's like, God damn it. You told you're me to say it. I'm the best ever. I say yeah. what you told me to say. It's like, you're a fucking actor. Improvise, you assholes. Go to fucking yeah, Second City not, in Chicago. But he's not. God right. damn it. We got a late uh, arriving tweet the table. Just popped in right now. Somebody is watching uh, AEW Dynamite uh, right now. And it's at double A underscore WIR. And he says, okay, I don't get it. What am I missing when Justin Roberts says North Carolina during Kenny Omega's entrance? Hashtag tweet the table. Now, I like that they find some way to work it in every time and it's and it's cute. But like, I don't get why they is do it. Every he time. From is that North where the Carolina? Young Bucks are from? 
Well, is he from North Carolina? No, he's Kenny Omega. We looked at it. Justin Roberts, maybe? Yeah, is Justin Roberts from North Carolina? Because I might do that, right? I might say, like, a guy that's traveled all across the world, including Kansas City, Missouri. You're like, I might. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. We normally don't fact check. Yeah, but but I we just, need to know what is so Chicago, this? Illinois, born right. Chicago, Illinois. Justin uh, Roberts, what about the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young okay, Bucks. so Justin Roberts see. was from Chicago. Chicago hey, while yeah, while you're uh, while you're um, mm-hmm. trying to uh, fill some time here, I want to just uh, really quickly because again, uh, I fucking hate the current political system. They're from California, the Young Bucks. I love that fucking Donald Trump thought that Mike Pence could stage a coup by saying, nope, I'm not going to read that thing. Imagine that. Imagine if you watched a UFC fucking fight and Bruce Buffer got the result card and goes, nah, I know what happened. It was a knockout first round. I'm going to say the other guy won by decision. Yeah. That's what happened. To think now again, he might legitimately thought like what they needed to what happened, they needed to happen with about like ten times as many people. You know, no, what no, I mean? but like, I'm saying of the day of overrun it. Yeah. Right. But the day of that dum dum got mad at his vice president because he thought the vice president could just say what he wanted and that would be the the, the well, result. I think, yeah, I think they, they were going after the idea of like we're gonna get enough objections, they're all gonna vote on it, but we discuss the immensity of of how many people you would need to co-sign like yeah you're right but just Uh, just that logic i mean let's apply that to pro wrestling kenny omega loses to john moxley the AEW championship and justin roberts just announces and still you're retaining AEW heavyweight champion kenny omega and everyone's like that's not what happened that's what happened anyhow that was just not been the strong suit and and it's time (laughs) my fellow Americans, to not let it fucking slide. I'm tired of playing nice and pretending. Like the, this whole, another thing that I'm getting real tired of of hearing is people going, well, it's really extremism on both sides that's just being thrust in the spotlight. Bullshit. No, it's not either. <laughs> like, No, we're not talking about the same kind of fucking things in any realm of fucking logic or reason or goddamn science. Or, any of that whatsoever when we talk about what these people say on a regular basis versus the quote-unquote other side and enough of even calling it sides but you've got to call out people's nonsense complete irrational detachment from logic even if they're not gonna get it it needs to be stated in the moment that nobody fucking thinks what you think right now you're the only person that thinks that and that's because you're fucking wrong like it's this. This has got to change, like, dude. I know we've got some listeners from overseas, but I'm sure it at least is somewhat current events to you guys too. So we won't harp on it too much. This is a pro wrestling podcast, but like, Jesus Christ, what a crazy day! So yeah. Anyhow, love the new basement. Yeah, the basement. Um, I'm really proud of it. I mean, I don't like that you made fun of my favorite sport, UFC, but the Chiefs. We we can bond on that. We like the Chiefs. We like the pro wrestling. We like the AEW. We like. Some of the WWE these days, some things. Um, but, you know, I, we like you, the Table Nation, and we want you to play along. So hashtag tweet the table. Send us an email, tableshow at gmail.com if it won't fit into a tweet. And go to the website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Check us out on TikTok, at SpanishAnnounceTable. YouTube, all of the links are up there on the SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And send us some money. We need, here's our new plan. 
Every bit of money you send us is going to go directly into helping us grow. We're going to start spending that into advertising uh, to get our name out there in front of folks who haven't heard about us yet because, um, look, you guys are busy. Uh, COVID's going on. You don't got time to tell your friends and, and share as much as, as you know, as, as we may need. So we're going to have to go out there and, and – and uh, you know, Do it put ourselves. out a little effort. So, so donate to us. Uh, Tableshowgmail.com is the thing you can use for PayPal. There's a link on the on the website. And I guess until next time, I guess we will leave Tom with the parting words. The Spanish announce table.